What's up, guys? Rick here with my top five fades for this week's U.S. Open. This is the video that I get to look like a fool because one of these guys will most certainly win the golf tournament and you can come back and you can tell me how wrong I was. But there are reasons for every single one of these golfers to appear on this list. And that's really what this video is for. If, if you disagree, great. If you agree, Great. Make you, you know, make the decision that is best for you, but let me just at least raise a few concerns and why you should look deeper into these five golfers. Also, there's plenty of content already out for this week and I just announced a brand new addition to the Rick Run Good content schedule. My goal is to do a live cut sweat Every single Friday that there is a golf tournament and it's going to start this week. Now, uh, the time and the times each week are certainly subject to change. But as of right now, the live cut sweat for Friday for the U.S. Open will start at 10 p.m. Eastern time and run approximately an hour. We will uh, keep an eye on the cut line, how it's moving, how that's impacting six of six lineups and bets and popular golfers and all that fun stuff. So join me for that Rick run good YouTube channel, 10 PM Eastern time. And then next week we'll figure out what time it is on, on Friday and so on and so forth for each week. So make sure that you are subscribed, make sure that you, uh, you know, hit the notification so that you know when these things go live, because they're certainly going to change as play is going on. Okay, I believe that is all. Let's jump into this week's fates. First up is Cameron Champ. And I think what a lot of people do when you go to Torrey Pines or you go to a major championship or you go to a place that has a big number on the scorecard in terms of yardage, you just start throwing any bomber that you can into your lineups or on your betting card. And while Cam Champ is certainly a bomber, I have a lot more concerns. It starts with the fact that he's missed three cuts in a row and in two of his last three, he's lost strokes off the tee. That's terrible because he had a stretch of basically 20 events in a row where he gained off the tee. If he loses that, he's he's completely toes up. He's consistently losing strokes on approach, and he has gained strokes putting one time since the Masters, the November Masters. That's right. It has been that long. Uh, he's gained one, strokes one time putting in that long. I mean, he is just hemorrhaging strokes on and around the green. That's a really tough place to be when you are playing Torrey Pines and all the difficult situations that uh, that course is going to give you. And if he, for at all, for whatever reason, does not hit the driver uh, perfectly, does not gain a ton of strokes off the tee, he is really behind the eight ball. So when you're picking out bombers, be aware of the rest of their skill sets. Cameron Champ, for me, major concerns. Next up is Wilco Ninibar, and I, I get it. This guy is an absolute bomber. He makes Bryson look short. He's fresh off his 14th place finish at the Palmetto Championship, but I am very concerned about Wilco. I've been trying to dive a bit deeper into his European tour stats, and while he is an absolute stud off the tee, the rest of his game doesn't seem that strong. He's 144th on the European Tour in greens in regulation. He is 142nd in putts per green in regulation. And he's 145th in stroke average. He He's not all that well-rounded. There's an argument to be made that he had kind of a ceiling week at Palmetto. And even if, I think I would even feel better if the Palmetto Championship, if Congaree looked anything like we are going to get at Torrey Pines. But it's, I mean, these 
two courses couldn't be any further apart. You know, uh, there is zero rough at Congaree, and there is all rough at Torrey Pines. I just really think this is going to be a shock to the system for a guy who statistically and historically on the European Tour has not played all that well in the other facets. And I think people are sprinting to get a bomber who played well last week. And I think that might be a mistake. He can certainly prove me wrong. Strong guy might be able to move it out of the rough, but his European tour stats certainly do not align with someone who is well-rounded and consistent from week to week. Next up is Joaquin Neiman. And as much as I love this kid, I, I think his ceiling is so incredibly high. He is just getting better seemingly week by week, month by month. I, there's something going on with his short game right now that I'm pretty worried about. He has just been losing a ton of strokes around the green. He lost two around the green at Memorial in two rounds. He lost nearly three at the Charles Schwab Challenge, his start before that. At Kiowa, he lost nearly four. And at the Wells Fargo Championship, he lost 2.97. That's his last four starts. Um, He's not historically a great around the green player, but this is a sustained stretch of poor play trying to get up and down and and when you go to Tory Pines and you miss greens uh, you are often going to have to get up and down for par. A par is a good score on a lot of these holes. It's what Patrick Reed did constantly uh, en route to his victory here in January. Miss miss the green, get up and down, roll in enough putts and move on. You can lose a ton of strokes in this Kakuya Rough greenside. Uh it, it can just eat you alive and for someone who's already losing there significantly to the rest of his peers, I'm worried it could get even worse this week. So unfortunately, I'm a little bit out on Joaquin Neiman this week. I wish it, I wish it wasn't the case. He is so talented. He's an excellent player, but this stretch of golf that we have and now heading to Torrey Pines really, really worries me. All right, the next two are really going to hurt. Uh, let's start with Justin Thomas, who I love. Uh, made us all a lot of money at the Players' Championship. Hasn't played particularly well since. And I, I think I am simultaneously worried about the longest club in Justin Thomas's bag and the shortest club in his bag. Let's start with the longest, the driver. Uh, we know that he is uh, okay off the tee, right? In terms of strokes gained off the tee, he gains a little bit. But he does it mostly through driving distance. He's 49th on tour there. The problem is he's 154th in driving accuracy, which means he misses a ton of fairways. When you miss fairways at Torrey Pines, it is going to be tough sledding the rest of the way. I mean, it's just, it's just so incredibly difficult. Um, you, you're not, it's supposed to be like a half stroke penalty every time you miss a fairway. That's kind of what we've seen uh, historically at, at Torrey, especially for a U.S. Open. And then you look at what he's doing with the putter and it, it gets even uglier. I mean, he's just, he's, he's capable of hemorrhaging strokes on the greens like he did at the Memorial. He lost 8.4 strokes putting. Is he going to lose that many? Probably not, but he did lose six and a half at at Valspar, uh, still finished 13th there, which is uh, unbelievable, first of all. Um, but these Poana greens, they're, they're very very difficult to read. They're very tricky. There's a lot of things that you can't control on them. And he also doesn't have the same level of experience that his peers do. He's only played at Torrey Pines twice. It was 2015 and 2014. I just, I throw all of that together. I look at it, I see his price, and I see all the other guys around him, and I just have more worries about JT. I think there's going to be better spots to deploy him uh, he might make me look very silly here, but I, I'm not that excited about Justin Thomas this week. And finally, it's Bryson DeChambeau. But I want to be very clear about something here. Uh, as I've said all week long, Bryson is designed 
for U.S. Opens. The the thick rough, his ability to extract it from there is critically important. But I've been hearing something over and over this week that I don't necessarily agree with, and I want to dive a little bit deeper into it. And um, I would normally put a graphic up here, but I'm actually going to show you my screen so that we can do the raw data here just to make sure we're all on the same page with Bryson. This is the holy grail on rickrungood.com. It's every round that Bryson DeChambeau has played back to 2015. And the story that I'm hearing this week is that Bryson is a good putter on Poana Greens. And that caught me by surprise because I do not believe that to be the case. So let me show you the data and you can decide what's going on here. So here is every round that Bryson DeChambeau has played since the start of 2015. Um, he is So his baseline in that time period is that he gains about a quarter of a stroke per round, 0.24. That's his baseline. 388 rounds in the database. That is what he averages. If we change this to Poana, which there's really only three or four courses on the regular schedule that have true Poana greens. Bryson has been terrible. 36 rounds, he's losing 0.42 strokes per round. So that's about three quarters of a stroke per round worse than his baseline. And you can see the logs here. He lost two strokes at Riviera uh, in 2021. At Chapultepec in 2020, he gained a ton. He finished second there. But he lost strokes nearly every tournament uh, it's dating back to 2015 on Poana greens. Okay. So that, that is what I see. I say, okay, wow, he's, he's really bad on Poana, or at least he has been in 36 rounds. You can argue if that's a big enough sample size or whatever. Uh, so I don't know why there's an, I think I know why people are saying he is good on Poana, because if you switch to the hybrids, Bent grass slash Poana green. So this is, there are a lot of courses on the PGA tour that have some percentage of bent grass uh, versus Poana. They're, they're a hybrid mix, a hybrid surface. Well, if you looked at, look at that, Bryson's awesome. He's gaining 0.6 strokes per round on the putting surface. So that's like what a third of a stroke better per round on those surfaces. And you can see he's absolutely dominated on them. Now, if you do both, if you do bent grass and Poana plus the pure Poana strains, he is very close to his baseline. So you have to decide what is important to you here. Um, the idea, the, these are, 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 are kind of more pure Poana greens out here in, in, in Torrey Pines. And on those surfaces alone, Bryson has been very bad. If you are willing to throw in his hybrid mix stuff, uh, he gets much better. But I just want to kind of debunk this or at least discuss what people are saying when they're saying Bryson's putting splits. Okay, so uh, hopefully that is a bit more insightful. Um, I, you know, putting on on Poana greens is is very difficult. It is kind of more random than a lot of other surfaces, which Bryson probably uh, does not like all that much. But the the long game for Bryson should be great at the U.S. Open. But I really just wanted to dive into something because I was getting a lot of questions about it, and now you have the data and you can take it for what it's worth, and you can decide what to do on Bryson DeChambeau. All right, that'll do it. My top five fades for this week's U.S. Open. Uh, certainly, you'll be back on Sunday evening or Monday when one of these guys wins the golf tournament, but hopefully it allows just for a, a little bit of a deeper dive into a couple of names that are out there. Tweet me, at Rick Rungood. Leave a comment below. Let me know what you think, and best of luck this week. I'll talk to you guys soon.